In today's episode, I talk to a dear friend and colleague about how to create possibility when you're powerless, what the quantum field's got to do with it, and how color impacts your psychology. Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to changemakers who want to lead, inspire, or transform the world for the better. My name is Ravi Tour. I'm a straight shooter with a no BS approach. This podcast is meant to be thought-provoking, to get your attention, and mostly, I want to encourage change and movement from folks just like you and me. I'll cover things like world issues, mindset, and theory. So stick around, tune in, and let your mind be the map to your revolution. Welcome to episode 34 of Lit. My name is Ravi Tour, and I'm your host. I am super excited today, and I know I say this every week, but I really am super excited today to bring my dear friend, Michelle Lewis, who is an Amazon best-selling author, podcast host, and founder of the Celebrity CEO Method. She teaches online CEOs how to skyrocket the visibility launch their unique show strategy, and start landing press for their business through Hollywood techniques in the Visibility Lounge. She has been featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, TEDx, Terrytown, The Huffington Post, Medium, and BuzzFeed. Like I said, Michelle is a very dear friend of mine, and so this conversation is going to be totally awesome because we're probably going to banter a lot. But before we get into the banter, let's find out a little more about Michelle. Michelle, why don't you come on in and tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Ooh, hello, everyone. I am so honored to be here. This is a long time coming. I am such a big fan of Ravi, and she just makes me so joyful. She's one of the few entrepreneurs that I am happy to Marco Polo throughout the day, look in my worst, feel in my worst, and also when I'm at my best. I so appreciate her. So thank you for having me. You're my welcome. name is... As you heard, is Michelle Lewis. I live in Toluca Lake, California, right next to Warner Brothers Studios. Um, I used to be a Hollywood stand-in, and I ran away screaming from 14-hour days and low pay to entrepreneurship, which was 16-hour days and zero pay for the first year. And now I am, uh, like I said, I run the Visibility Lounge and the Applause Academy, and I just absolutely adore helping entrepreneurs step into their visibility and publicity using unique strategies that I learned from my past career. I love it. So, you know, we've got a lot to cover today because Michelle and I, Michelle's been a teacher to me. Michelle and I have collaborated together. I am currently in Michelle's Applause Academy as well, which for anybody who wants to conquer the TEDx stage or any stage at all, this is the program to take. So talk to her about it if you're interested. But she and I have intersected um, many a times, and I think we've, we've got a year or two under our belt together, so this is a very exciting episode, but there's a lot of things in common and a lot of deep and interesting things that we typically talk about off air, and then we individually speak to our audiences about on air. And so a bunch of those things are things such as the quantum field, get ready, strap yourself in because it's happening mindset, right? And how that affects your outcomes, your possibilities, your opportunities, the things you see, the things you don't see. 
And then Michelle has a really interesting thing on color that we're going to talk about. But before we get into all of that, I think it is very important to talk about the running and the screaming from Hollywood, right? Because you have a really interesting experience being in Hollywood since you were a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. Since you I was born, pretty much. Talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So my dad, well, my mom used to be a casting director. She retired when she had me. Uh, My parents met on a film set. My dad started as a PA, became a second assistant director, first assistant director, and eventually a director and producer. So I grew up with him doing movies. And he started working with John Woo when I was 10 years old. He did that for a decade and started doing big blockbuster films like Face Off, Paycheck, Wind Talkers, Mission Impossible 2 and 3. So it was an amazing experience. I mean, I wasn't allowed to be an actor or really be on set like in front of a lot of people because he was worried I was going to embarrass him. But all that changed one day when Tom Cruise came and sat next to me and I didn't recognize him because he had long hair. And all of a sudden, I ended up in the director's chair and watched Tom fall on his face during a take. So that was uh, soon behind us. And I started working on sets as a stand-in. And I did that for about a decade on shows like Melrose Place and Pretty Little Liars and Chuck. It's amazing. Being on a film set, there's nothing like it. You have 200 people who are like your family, anywhere from six months to a year, or like Pretty Little Liars, seven seasons. Uh, So they become like your family. But the thing is, especially if you're working behind the camera, it's not just like, hey, you're an actor, you come in, you give your lines, and then you get to go home for the day. You're working a lot. I think the biggest day that I ever shot was 18 hours. And for the amount of money that you make in the position I was in, it was just very frustrating. And I paid my dues. I uh, finally shot a pilot that I wrote and starred in and produced. My dad directed. All of our friends worked together on it. We were so excited about this show. It was a 30-minute comedy. And we pitched it to all these studios. And uh, all of them declined. So I went back to standing in only to open my phone one day and see on Variety that a large studio had taken my title and my concept and shot a pilot. And they actually shot it with uh, Eric McCormick from Will and & Grace. And um, it was so devastating to me. They changed just enough to make it legal. And that's when I realized I had zero power in that industry. And I knew that I had to get out I knew that if I spent one more day being invisible, that it was just going to destroy me. So that's when I ran away. And that's when I quit the business. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I know you carry um, a lot of lessons from that, right? Everything from self-image to self-worth to creating new possibilities. Because I mean, you just described a, a linear life for you, right? Like you had parents who were in the film industry. And so your next logical step would be to be entrenched in the industry. And so you were, and then you found yourself serendipitously sitting beside Tom Cruise. I don't even know what that would feel like, except for you didn't recognize him. So it didn't really matter. (laughs) This guy's chewing his gum like a cow. What's wrong with him? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, so you followed an approach, you did the thing. And then like, I think a lot of people experience there's just some really shitty things that happen in in life and your dreams were snatched away from you. So you could have stayed, right? And let your self-worth get pummeled. You could have done nothing, right? That's an option. 
or you did what you did and you left, right? And so today you've written a book, you're on stage, and you're teaching people tips and tricks of how to get press, how to be visible using Hollywood methods. And so kind of describe the the next step or the next evolution in your journey that led you to entrepreneurship. Why not something different? Why entrepreneurship? Well, I tried a bunch of different things. I got my degree degree in interior design. I tried that for a while. I uh, got my degree in natural medicine since I had helped myself heal naturally and I was treating people. Um, all of it was fun. And one day my dad, he, you know, he's all, you know, my dad, he's always researching weird, random things. And this is before like a lot of online businesses had even really started. And he said, well, why don't you just try writing an ebook? I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I wrote a small ebook and got familiar with that process. And that led me to hearing about something where I'm aging myself a little bit here, but called Course Cats, which is a WordPress plugin. So I started with a health course online. And then that just evolved, evolved, evolved. And I was at a coffee shop with a friend of mine and she said, well, what if you taught people how to make videos? And I said, what do you mean? Everyone else how to make videos, like, duh. And she said, no, actually they don't. This is what you've done all your life, but no one else knows how. So that led me to recording my first kind of visibility course called Video University. And when I went to Trademark, uh, what at the time I was calling Ladypreneur Legacy, uh, Ladypreneur was taken. And I don't know how it happened. Some miracle. I was scrolling through all the domains I have on GoDaddy, like all of us do. And I saw Visibility Vixen. And I went, when did I reserve that? I do not remember doing it, but I had it. And I told the, uh, the legal person, whoever that was, to trademark that. And that's what just kind of started everything flowing. And when I finally stopped doing this and trying to hold back and ignore my Hollywood background and instead embrace it and use it strategically, everything changed. And it became where then people, like my commercial acting coach, um, one of the directors that my dad worked with on um, a show way back in the day, I can't even remember what it was called, Criminal Minds maybe? I don't know. Uh, He called me, I had actors asking for my advice because they wanted to start their own online business. So it's really interesting how it all came full circle and how now I not only teach students, but I do have people from the industry seeking me out and asking me for help. That is so awesome. What a rad, rad transition. But what I really, really love is that you embraced your, some would call it outcomes, but I I think they're challenges, right? And they they were lessons. They were powerful lessons and unique lessons, right? Not everybody has an opportunity to create, shoot a pilot, all that stuff, right? But the challenge and the obstacles are quite the same, right? So whether it's in my life and my challenges and my obstacles or your life and your challenges and your obstacles, right? What you did was you embraced it and said, okay, this is my experience. These are my natural talents. These are the things I've learned. And we're going to talk about the things that you've learned along the way that have now been introduced into the visibility lounge, right? One of your signature pieces and how you've basically taken everything about Michelle Lewis and you plopped it into this massive entrepreneurial journey. There's so much truth in that. And I'll never forget the morning before we started, not the morning, the night before we started shooting the 
pilot and I was really nervous, so scared. I mean, you know, a little bit of my backstory with that acting coach telling me I did not, was not meant for camera at 12 years old. So I had this little breakdown and my husband was hugging me and he said, you need to promise me something. We're doing this for us. And if this goes nowhere, you have to be okay with it. And he made me swear that the night before shooting. And so that's what was on my mind when everything went, you know, to pot and it didn't get picked up and a studio took it is I could have crumpled into a paper bag and just cried and been a failure and just rolled around in my failure, but I had promised not to do that. And I know that that was very instrumental to me continuing to accept my future failures. And I think that a lot of us put that as the defining reason why we can't do something instead of why we can. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of sticking on that, let's talk about the ability or the can part of things, right? Because a lot of people get mired in obstacles. And listen, guys, don't get us wrong. There is a moment that we've all had, Michelle can attest to this, I can attest to this, where the obstacle, I guarantee you that, Michelle, you had an emotional reaction to, you know what I mean? Ugly. It gets ugly. Like we're talking the ugly face cry, the snot for days, the whole nine yards. It's real. And so processing that emotion, letting that out is vital to the next stage. And the next stage is possibility, right? And so this is where we're going to nerd out a little bit, but it's going to be pretty awesome. So Michelle and I connected because we have a dear love or a good place for Dr. Joe Dispenza in our little hearts, or I'd say big hearts, right? Because we got pretty huge hearts. And so Dr. Joe Dispenza is a pretty phenomenal guy, if you guys haven't already checked him out. And he talks about really changing your life outcomes, reconfiguring your body by changing your brain functioning through different ways in terms of visualization, the way you speak to yourself and creating massive change genetically through those different predispositions that you put upstairs, right? So it's about taking control, creating change, and then having long lasting change. And so Michelle and I really connected on that because there is something to be said about the quantum field and the array of infinite possibility, because there's always possibility. And when you recognize that that's the case, things really change, don't they? In a huge, unbelievable way. Yeah. Okay, talk about that a little bit more. Well, I I absolutely love Joe Dispenza. I remember discovering him, I don't know, five, six years ago on my health journey. And I was dealing with chronic headaches, multiple organ failure, a lot of different health issues and having to try to, having been to every single doctor, Eastern and Western, still having an issue, you know, we were constantly on the hunt for something else. And so seeing his story, seeing that he broke multiple parts of his spine, seeing that he was on his face for four months and what he had to do when the prognosis was either putting rods in his spine or figuring out something else was incredible to me. And the way that he was able to scientifically see what turns genes on and off, what programs neural pathways in the brain, how can you adjust this? Is it possible? And if you start with the mind instead of the Newtonian model, which is cause equals effect, 
his pitch is the quantum model, which is effect equals cause. Mm. Can you design something in advance and then step into it and make it your reality? Absolutely. That's what really reached me about Joe. And that by far changed more in my life, my health and my business than anything else. Absolutely. And I think that there's, you know, I talk about the science side of things, right, guys? And Michelle does as well. Manifestation is amazing. And that's what Dr. Joe Dispenza is talking about, right? And that's, that's a lot to do with kind of all the science behind observing particles, you know, the thoughts and neurological thoughts that you have triggering byproducts or biochemical reactions, right? It's a byproduct of the thought. And those biochemical reactions or those emotional responses then trigger a state or depending on how long you've been suffering through all those same thoughts and those emotional kind of byproducts or reactions, then you're in this constant state, right? It's not a state or different states. It's a constant state. And he talks about that. And so for him, it was, I believe he had a a bike accident, right? And he just- Yeah, he was doing a triathlon and he got hit by a Jeep. Yeah. And quite insane story. So do check him out. But one of the things that is really insane about this is manifestation was always hard for me to understand because there's no real, it's real woo-woo, okay? And I can't always get on with woo-woo because I'm analytical, right? And so I need to have some facts or something to base things in. And so when I found Dr. Joseph Spenza and his theories and what he was talking about, I started to dig into the quantum field, right? And understanding how quantum mechanics, so this is now going into physics a little bit, but how quantum mechanics has a huge role in psychology and human evolution and how it can really alter us genetically if we choose to do the work, because it's not easy work, right? And so going back to you, Michelle, I think this is a really good one for people who suffer chronic pain or daily pain, or you know, for those of you guys going through depression or going through emotional disturbances and things of a um, you know, neurological value as well, this can really, really help. And so for you, you were able to alter things without the use of massive conventional medical treatments. And before she goes any further, I, I do need to put a disclaimer here because I, I didn't plan on this, but let's put a disclaimer. We're not saying go against your doctor's advice. That's not what's happening no. here. But what we're saying is expand your horizon through education and learning and kind of take a bite for a minute and take a listen to what she has to say, right? Absolutely. No, no medical advice here, just my experiences. And for me, it, it got to the point where they said, well, we can do an exploratory surgery and we can put in some mesh down at your occipital lobes and see if it drains and see if that reduces the pain. And I was very blessed to have a mother who was like, absolutely not. You're not cutting into my child's brain just to kind of see what's going on. Because at the time that this was diagnosed, there weren't a lot of chronic headaches. And so they coined them new day headaches. Now, if you're watching Hulu or cable, you see commercials all the time, especially if they say, if you have chronic migraine days for more than seven days a month. Um, It was a relatively new phenomenon when it happened to me. So it became you know, not wanting to take the drugs, not really having an official diagnosis, just watching my body fail over time. I think you develop a hardened shell 
and you absolutely embrace the victim mentality because that's how you're treated and there's no answer. I mean, you don't have an answer to whatever you're feeling. I don't know if you're anyone listening here is dealing with fibromyalgia, Crohn's, celiac, whatever it may be, it's all painful. And when we feel like we have to be dependent on either a medication or just self-diagnoses, it can be really frustrating. And so the first thing I remember starting to watch a Joe Dispenza video, and he was saying like, you have to take 100% ownership of your current state. It is your responsibility. And I remember getting so mad and walking out of the room and being like, mom, I hate this guy. We're not listening to him. No, 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 no. Right. Because I was so stuck in my patterns. And over time, when he started especially talking about peptides and how the pituitary sends them out to all of the receptor sites on our cells to transmit an emotion based on a thought, since thoughts are the language of the brain, emotions are the language of the body. And then how when each cell reproduces, it craves even more of those peptides. That blew me away. And that helped me understand why I was in such a state of misery, depression, and anger. And when you're able to take that third party look at yourself and go, these emotions aren't real. Like, yeah, chemically they're real, but I'm creating them. You're creating them. I'm a victim to this. This isn't something happening to me. I mean, he talks about the fact that with the repetitive thoughts that we create, you could have a trauma at whatever age it is, and you have the potential of repeating that trauma 95% of your day, therefore hundreds of thousands of times throughout your lifetime. And you know what? That, that, I got I to gotta speak on this one because this is, this is a really deep thing to understand. And if you can grasp this, you can change your entire fucking life, period. Yes. Like you really can. Okay. So I'm in your applause academy. And so I'm working on getting on, on the TEDx stage here. We're getting to it, guys. We're getting to it. You'll see me there. But here's the deal. Okay. Um, one of the things that has been tripping me up that I didn't even realize objectively, because we don't like to, um, sometimes we just don't like to get real with ourselves, or sometimes we're unable because we, we can't act as that third party, right? So Michelle got us to go through a, an exercise. And as painful as it was, I realized pretty quickly, there's one line, okay, one singular line, but one event that continuously has been coming up for me for about a year now, right? It's pretty painful. And this event happened Oh, like 10, 12, over 10 years ago. So I think it's about 12, 13 years ago now. I had a friend and a mutual friend. And the mutual friend used to work for Amnesty uh, International, right? And so I wanted to work for Amnesty. I wanted to help the children. I wanted to work with the world, you know, all those things. And um, the friend of mine who, you know, we had that mutual friend in common, the friend, I said to her, you know, I want to work there. How can, how can I get myself an application? Can I talk to so-and-so? Do you think that'll help? And it was so interesting. She said to me, oh, th- that work? That's for the, and we're going to use a different name here. We'll say the Claire's of the world, right? So that work is for the Claire's of the world. You don't need to do that, Ravi. You should, you should just focus on what you're doing. And I was like, oh. I guess I'm not good enough. That's the meaning. That's the interpretation. Okay. It was a painful event. Guess what? 12, 13 years ago, it's the same event with the same emotions playing up today. 
and you are sitting in it, playing out the same chemical reactions, feeling it like it's here today. Think about it, guys. That was a long time ago. And that one statement, that one event carried on. And so it could be a physical ailment. It could be a physical trauma. It could be an emotional trauma. But trauma is trauma. And that's what he's saying. And that's what we're saying. And when you experience it, if you do not process it, you get into these repetitive behaviors, right? And when you get into those repetitive behaviors, you then start to shut off genes, maintain certain genes, because you have a, almost a rhythm or a repeated processing events taking place over and over daily and daily and daily. And we know that thoughts happen on a microsecond. So you think of something and you have another thought, but by that time, you've already had a byproduct of a chemical reaction and then another thought and then another thought. And so if we're so streamlined into thinking the same thoughts, we're not even thinking any other thoughts. That means our brain is on autopilot going through the exact same thing. And then we can't understand why we think we're not good enough or we're still in the same pain or we're experiencing depression now because it's a result of your original trauma that was unprocessed and you haven't been able to challenge yourself because you haven't been able to be objective enough to understand that you're in a victim mode, right? And so here I was and here Michelle was. And so what did that do for you in terms of taking what he's been teaching, applying it to your life? How has that created change for you, if any? Well, it's created an unbelievable change. I started studying Joe when I also started seeing this behavioral chiropractor who was able to read the spine and see he, his father had diagnosed thousands of spines and seen, okay, if you tilt this way, you're male dominant, this way, you're female dominant, this, you have this injury, that injury. And so that really helped me validate what Joe was saying, that thoughts become things and thoughts become things inside of your body. And your body will react to whatever those traumas are. Most of my traumatic wounds were female, female received. And so that's why I usually have pain, you know, and offer up my weaker side, which is the left side. So that really opened my eyes to then going back through my traumas one by one and making the conscious decision to go into that memory, to replay it. But instead of putting myself in there, putting in the person that maybe that, uh, if you want to call it enemy or aggressor, was really talking to that they were originally injured from. Right. So let's talk about, I don't know if she'll eventually hear this, but I don't care, my mother-in-law. She one time came over and uh, just very much verbally attacked me. I can't wait for him to divorce you. I, you're, you'll never be a member of this family. You are not loved by anyone, da 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 right? So a horrible thing to hear, especially when you're trying to please a family and integrate yourself into a family. And I took it personally for a very long time. So when I back through, went back through this, I instead put who injured her. Okay, that was her ex-husband. And I put him sitting in that seat and then listened back to what she said with him in that receiver seat. And that helped me to discover one key sentence that changed my life forever. And that was, it is never personal. Mm -hmm. Whoever you're dealing with, whatever one-on-one situation, group situation, someone giving you advice, someone leaving you at the altar, someone breaking up a friendship, whatever, firing you, it's never directly at you. 
that person, unless they've done decades of this internal work, which is like 0.01% of the population, they are always going to react from their wounds. Absolutely. And that by far was the most freeing thing. And that changed everything because I stopped adding bodies to the wagon. And it gave me time and space to unload the bodies that I'd put there and, you know, throw the wagon in the fire. Absolutely. And so what you're talking about here is expanding empathy through understanding, right? Really empathizing and understanding the person who's doing the talking. And it sounds like a load of crock, you guys, but it's not because that's how you grow. We're not worried about other people. We're worried about you, right? And so how can you expand? How can you grow? Having empathy through understanding and being objective, because remember, people's opinion, it's all subjectivity. It's not objective, right? And case in point, in terms of your mother-in-law, it was a subjective opinion. And so that's her opinion. That doesn't make it truth or valid. It makes it true for her because that's what she's experiencing. So then that gets you to take a step back. Okay, if that's what she's experiencing, then what's going on for her? What does that have in terms of meaning for her? What does that mean for her? And actually, as you were talking about it, I, I remember watching the movie Monster-in-Law, right? And I know it's a, it's a ridiculous maybe comparison, but guys, stick with me. <laughs> Anybody who has had a mother-in-law understands that movie really well, right? But... Here we had like crazy mother-in-law, right? Hating on J-Lo, the daughter-in-law to be blah, blah, blah. But when you go and look at the history, there it is. Her mother-in-law hated on her. Therefore, she presented to J- It's just conditioning, 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 right? And we are so programmed right down to the very last cell, right? The last ion, basically. We are so programmed from the moment you are conceived actually, right? Because people want you to be a certain, your parents might've wanted you to be a boy or a girl, depending on whatever they wanted. You've got your name picked out for you, your religion picked out for you, your language picked out for you, your location picked out. So if you take it on that level, and then you start to explore what else is programmed, your responses through your experiences, right? Your entire personality. It's crazy. It's crazy to me, actually. I eat every time I break this up more and more because Michelle and I are little researchers. We're real nerds. Actually, we're real nerds, but we're real researchers. We're real nerds. We like to study, study, study. Well, when that happens, you uncover a truth and lo and behold, you got like 40 more truths. Now you got to uncover and more and more and you go deeper and deeper. But yeah, we're so programmed. We are. I mean, you're being asked if you do this in our work to sit down at a computer that's been running, I don't know, let's say on average, if you've had a computer for over five years, you probably have over 150 programs. You have all kinds of cache, you know, of every single internet search you've done and stored pictures and videos and all that. So you're being asked to sit down in front of this computer and completely one by one erase every single thing and then put what you want on there. That's what this process is. And it can be really hard because we have all these pre-run programs. And if you're over the age of 35, then you're going to be a little bit more set in them because the brain has a shift at 35. But if you do this work, things can change. And if you're waking up in a habit of getting on your cell phone, dealing with the comparisonitis, shiny object syndrome, frustration, you're subscribed to all these emails, seeing what everyone else is achieving, then you have some programming you need to work on. Because if you don't, 
then you only have 5% of your day free to try to attempt to create something. And if you have a really hard time sitting down, getting out that program, that podcast episode, that book has been on your mind for years. I hear this all the time. I keep wanting to write this book. And I I sit there and I think you haven't because 95% of your day, you're running subconscious programs. Right. And that's the biggest hindrance. That's right. Because it's not about... Okay. Do you want to know? Let me just give you guys a real secret tip here. Okay. Ready for it? Come in close. The way to write a book is to fucking write. Period. That's all it is. You just gonna write it. You're going to type it. You're going to write it. That's all it is. So what is it that's getting you to stop the action? And it's funny because I'm talking about the hustle and grind today. And it's so funny we're talking about this. The thing that's stopping you in terms of the action is the mindset and then the self-awareness, right? You might not be aware that the mind is a little broken and won't let you do the work because Every time you think of writing the book, all your ideas shit. Oh, you, who, who do you think you are to write a book? Um, is anybody ever going to read it? Nobody read my Facebook post, so why would someone read my book or whatever? You know what I mean? And so it becomes a snowballing effect. And as long as you give it energy, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. Well, and it's like trying to save new fo- photos to your phone when it's full. <clears throat> it, it can't do it. It can't do it. You got to delete some old stuff, right? right. So that's what we have to do in order to make room, in order to create. And creation happens in the frontal lobe. And if you're in trauma, you're in fight or flight. That's the reptilian part of your brain. It's just yes. not going to happen. Absolutely. So that's definitely been the biggest thing for me. Oh, so much truth in this. So, okay, from where you are, we're going to shift gears a little bit because another area that you focus on, and knowing that we've got, we've got limited time here, another area that you focus on is color. Yes. So give us a quick rundown of, okay, so everything we talked about is psychology, physics and psychology, right? Understanding that on an ionic level, we're all matter and energy and that we can shift things if we observe the things we want to happen. And when we observe them the way we want them to happen through electromagnetism, it's going to become, it's going to, it's going to come to you. It's, it's attraction, right? So that's the science side of manifestation woo-woo. Now let's talk about the psychology of colors and that, how that affects your life. I love talking about color. It's one of the most transformational things that's ever happened to me. And you hit the nail on the head in terms of the fact that we are all atomic beings, that we all need light to survive. The planet needs light to survive. And if you remember back from your high school or college days, looking at the different uh, spectrums of the light spectrum and seeing how the different frequencies have different colors, then you can only imagine uh, if you've studied any kind of Eastern medicine, acupuncture, acupressure, um, a lot of people do like Reiki and chakras and all that. And you know that there's different like light areas of the body, different colors that the body resonates with. And so when I study this a little bit with natural healing and was using herbs and essential oils, I was trying to think of why my brand at the time, I had just launched Ladypreneur Legacy, why it wasn't picking up like I wanted it to. And so I went, okay, well, I learned all this color psychology in film. So I know what someone thinks of and how they react when they view a color on screen. And I went through all this education with natural healing and the chakras of the body and what those colors mean and where they resonate. So wouldn't that mean 
that if someone's looking at a color, they're not just like thinking of and reacting to it. They're also taking it on and feeling it in certain parts of their body. So that made me look into, okay, well, maybe I should look at my primary brand color differently. And that's what I changed it to that strong cobalt blue. I knew that that, uh, it's seen as the detached color on screen. The reason behind that is because you feel much more relaxed when you look at blue. That's why all our social media icons are blue. Um, Your heart rate goes down, your blood pressure goes down. And then I went, okay. And then in the body, it hits you right here in your lungs and in your heart. It's the motivation center. And I went, well, that's what I want. I'm picturing someone feeling really frustrated with their visibility and publicity. And they're sitting on their couch and they're just scrolling through, just going, I think I'm going to give up tomorrow. And what if they looked at my color? What if they looked at my brand and they felt that tiny twinge of motivation? And that's what I wanted. So I rebranded everything to that blue and I started noticing more people coming to my website, more people responding to my Facebook comments, et cetera, et cetera. So I applied that to my students to have them strategically choose their primary brand colors just to see what happens. And people started exploding. I mean, booking out their one-on-one practices, their memberships, their offers, booking podcasts, summits, stages. So it's been pretty incredible to watch what color can do, not only for yourself, but for other people coming into your business. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more with you in terms of specific colors do invoke specific emotions. Like that's a deal. And so whether you're in a boardroom or if you've got a website, right? If you're going to sign a contract, you're probably going to see a lot of blue in the room. Like it's going to happen. You're going to see blue ties. You're probably not going to see red ties. You're going to see blue ties, lots of blue ties, right? Blue dresses, blue blouses. It's going to happen. The room is probably either going to be a white or a light shade of blue or something that's neutral, right? And these are all things that invoke trust. They invoke, um, you know, calmness. So that there's no anxiety, there's no fear. And so I found that to be extremely intelligent for you to wrap that into everything because when you're going through branding and so forth, they get you to pick color fonts and all that, but they don't really talk about the psychology behind it. And so if you go to my website or if you go to Michelle's website, we've chosen very specific colors for that reason, right? We want you to feel at home. We want you to feel like you're in a trust. You can trust us and you can, but we want you to feel that first, right? And then we want you to feel relaxed. And so that's huge. And so you took this onto the TEDx uh, stage, right? Uh Okay. So how was that experience? It was awesome. I mean, it was really a put your money where your mouth is situation. Um, And I was a little nervous about it because no one's talked about this on the TEDx stage. And so I remember doing the rehearsal and having all the fellow speakers coming up to me and going like, why didn't we hear your talk before? Like, now I feel like I need to go shopping. Like, (laughs) what colors do I need to wear? And what was really fun is like during the performance, we had posters in the back with our faces where people could write their reflections. And so seeing the audience's reaction to color, seeing one guy come up to me just pissed because I did not mention magenta in the light spectrum. Like that kind of emotion was what I wanted. And that has booked me five more stages this year. Um, I'm thrilled when someone's like, hey, you want to talk about visibility or like something else? And I'm like, yeah, because so many people want to hear about color. It's not a bad thing, but it's just funny to me that that's what resonates with everyone. 
online entrepreneurs. I mean, I was speaking to real estate agents last week. Like people are fascinated by color. And so I'm incredibly grateful that this wisdom was given to me from the quantum field uh, because it's become such a, a pillar in my business. And I love talking about it. And I think it is the place to start with your visibility. And if you're not doing that, if you are wasting your time on fonts and themes and all the stuff that really doesn't matter, instead do this because the color is the lighthouse. And that's what runs when you're sleeping, when you're going on a walk, when you're going to the yoga studio, you need that working for you. So you really can't afford to not do it. No, no, absolutely not. And and it's funny because as we're talking, you have a blue couch behind you. So blue is her color, you guys. It's her color. It's her signature color. No, I, I find that people are really into obviously things that bring them success, right? Emotional success, uh, material success, success in general, life success, right? But also personality things. People are highly drawn. We still like boxes. That's fine. I'm about ripping them up. But if you want to be in a box, this is a great one where you're not, <clears throat> it's not going to tear you down. Color is a really good thing. It's a really positive thing. So there's no way to be torn down. Unlike other personality tests or other personality kind of um, scales that can put a negative spin on things as well. This one just focuses on, hey, what is really the best color for you based on your personality and what you want to do? And then you can go out feeling even more powerful by using color. It's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. Okay, so we've got to go. But before we go, I want you to, there's a couple of things. You have a gift for lit listeners. Um, So I want you to describe what that is. But I also want you to tell us if someone wants to come and um, check you out, or if they want to work a little bit more with you on the color stuff, visibility lounge, where are they coming? What, where are they going? Tell us. Well, I would love to dig in deeper with you on color so you can feel really confident and understand exactly what it can do for your visibility. And I've also got lots of examples so you can see exactly how it has exploded students of mine's businesses. So you can find that at visibilityvixen.com forward slash color class. And that's pretty much my homepage, visibilityvixen.com. Any way that you want to work together or chat, I'm happy to do that. Um, I know that I have Ravi inside of the lounge and she teaches all of my mindset modules, which I'm so appreciative of because she was the only one of all the people I interviewed that knew about Joe Dispenza, knew about the quantum field. I'm like, oh, finally someone else who is speaking. This is actually pretty hilarious that you say that because I, she, she, I was not the only one who applied and I did not expect to get the job whatsoever. I was like, little me, still starting out. And I'm like, oh, God, here I go. Some big shot. Let me, let me apply to work for her. And it, it just blew me away. It was the coolest experience ever. And I'm so great, grateful for it. But yeah, it, it was funny. When you came on, you were like, so uh, you're like one of the only people. And I'm like, um, yep. okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You impressed me, babe. You, you knew what you were talking about. I mean... Thank God, because when people are like, let's talk about your mindset blocks, I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you know what a neural program is? And they're like, it's a neural pathway. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, no, we can't do that. What's the synaptic connection? It's the railway station on 44th and Broadway. No, that is fucking not it, right? 
<laughs> What's a gene? Oh, she's my auntie. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So head over to the visibility of visibilityvixen.com and forward slash color class. Is that correct? Color class. And then we'll put the link below. If you are interested in the lounge, I want to make sure you join through her link. And uh, we can dive in, chat about color, get your brand all ready to go. Absolutely. And it is a cool, cool program, you guys. It is a massive, massive, massive way to really up your visibility game if you want to really create massive strides in your business, right? I'm not just saying that. I've been through it. I use the program myself, actually. It is pretty rad. And so you've got different vehicles, audio, video, I believe written as well, right? So you've got all the visibility vehicles out there and she challenges you. Pick one, stick to it, 90 days, let's go, right? So (laughs) my specialty, right? cracking the whip. I love it. It has been such a pleasure, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my gosh, it's my honor. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Go out there and just change one thought today and see what happens. Absolutely. You guys, your thoughts control who you are. And depending on how long you've had the thoughts, they're on autopilot, right? And so you have to be aware, become cognizant about what is happening. And if you can't get the help, start writing them down, record them, record them, record them so that you have a log. So you know what's going on up there so that you can take the opportunity to create the change because in the quantum field, there's infinite possibility, infinite. And if that's the case, there's really nothing you can't do, right? So go out there and create your change by controlling your thoughts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lit. I am so grateful to have you as an audience member. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to hit subscribe and leave your review. For more resources, tips, and tools, head over to www.ravitour.co. I'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, stay lit.